decision. Yeah. I want to win championships. I want to win bowl games. And what else is better for to do than your city? The power of home represents something. The DMV, like you try to explain it to people that aren't from there, and it's hard to explain it. That thing we talk about, Maryland Pride, it's real. And today, we're going to play with Maryland Pride. He's going to go! Touchdown, Maryland! The Terrapins have one last shot at winning this game. Three seconds, two seconds, one second, throws it up. Money! And he got it! And the Terrapins win at the buzzer! Oh, Stevie Francis, showtime. Oh, man. What a play by Bias. Holy cow. Maryland hits the road to beat Penn State. Maryland pulls off the upset. They have defeated number one, and the celebration is on. And the kids have done it. Maryland wins their first ever national championship. Holding up Indiana, 64 to 52, and let's listen and look at the celebration. Be not afraid of greatness. Some are born great. Some achieve greatness. And others host college sports and recruiting podcasts. You're listening to IMS Radio at InsideMarylandSports.com. Your hosts, Jeff Ehrman, Paul Douglas, and Larry France. Hey, fellas, how are you? Patrick Stevens is joining us right out of the gate. Yeah, this is... Oh, there he is. He's here. Yeah, so he joined during the intro, and I held off adding him because he probably had his video on, so... Now I, I imagine he's I a very he's a very tired man. So let's get him <laughs> on and get him out. Yeah, I don't know if he's hearing us yet. We did I am. See. Oh hey, ah, how, how are you, hiding, Patrick? Hiding Hello, in the darkness. Patrick. How are you doing? <laughs> We're doing good. How you doing, Patrick? I'm getting ready to go to bed here pretty soon. I think. Uh, <laughs> go to bed. It's it's your biggest night of the year, right? Like no, you could be up all night, right? You know the uh, my my dad had a coffee mug, and it had. A picture of Santa Claus sitting in a chair, passed out with the calendar next to the chair saying December 26th. And that's kind of how I feel on this Sunday night, basically every single year. It's like, I just, I just want to sleep. It's over. (laughs) We tried tried to get you in here on that magic, like hour between like when your, you know, work is due and before you can hit the bed. So appreciate all your time as usual. What has become a tradition for us? here on IMS Radio on Selection Sunday. Thanks to the generous nature of Patrick Stevens giving us 15 15 minutes of his time on his craziest night. Um, So we're very thankful, Patrick. We will get you out of here quickly. We'll start it off easy. Maryland's draw. I don't think most people are loving it, but what do you think? Yeah, I I don't think it's ideal, but that's sort of the situation that they uh, created for themselves here over the last couple of weeks. If if they didn't want to be in an 8-9 game, they could have won at Ohio State. They could have gotten a rebound there against Penn State and and, and wrapped that game up, and they could have beaten Indiana the other night in the Big Ten quarterfinals. So, you know, I I think for them, uh, one way of looking at it alternately is, if somebody had offered you an eight seed for this Maryland season back on November 1st, I think most Maryland fans probably would have signed up for that right then and there 
given what the roster will look like at that point. So on the one hand, probably disappointing relative to where things stood on March 1st. On the other, probably looks pretty good relative to how things looked on November 1st. Patrick, excuse me, let's dive right into the matchup. What do you think about how the two teams match up? The funny thing thing is I've hardly watched any of West Virginia this season. Uh, So I don't really have as much on them uh, as, uh, as I might like. Uh, but overall, it's a team that's played good offense for the most part. And they've obviously played in one of the toughest leagues in the country. Uh, you look at what they have been able to do, who they've been able to pick off. It's not a huge list away from home. You know, they won at Pitt early in the season. Uh, they beat Florida out in Oregon during one of those Phil Knight events. Uh, they won at Texas Tech uh, about the time Texas Tech was, was really spiraling. That was, that was the last game in Texas Tech's 0-8 start in Big 12 play. Uh, and they won at Iowa State uh, the last Monday of the regular season, uh, plus another Texas Tech victory on a neutral floor uh, with a team in turmoil at the Big 12 tournament. So we are talking about two teams that probably don't have the greatest profiles away from home. And so somebody's going to have to actually advance and win this game. Uh, but that said, uh, regardless of who wins, there's always that team that's likely waiting for them in the second round, and that's Alabama. And I think we all have a pretty good idea of what Alabama can do when it's operating at peak efficiency. Yeah, they're pretty killer, aren't they? Saw that coming. We got it. <laughs> Sorry. No comment. Too easy. <laughs> Too easy. Um, hey, so basketball. Um, so, Patrick, my biggest question this entire season and still remains a question to this day when I look at this bracket is – is the Big Ten good? And my answer is probably not. Yeah. I mean, I don't trust any of these teams in this league. Now, some of this is a, is I'm guilty of the belief that you trust what your eyes tell you. And so I saw almost all of these teams come through College Park and lose. So that's not exactly a great selling point right there. But when you look at them, like Purdue and Indiana are two teams that at least have the benefit of when they take the floor, they're probably going to have the best player on the game. Uh, you can argue that for Penn State as well, a good chunk of the time with Pitt. But you go through these profiles, and whether it's Iowa that, that can't play any defense or an Illinois team that has been really underwhelming for the most part, a worse quad one record than Maryland has. I think they're 2-10 and 10 or 2-11. and 11. You look at Penn State, you know, they get rewarded for playing four games in four days by having to go play on Thursday night. I mean, that has all the makings of a team that has no gas in the tank, facing an angry Texas A&M team that's the most underseated team in the field, and they go and they lose by 15. And, it, and there, there just won't be anything they can do about it. Uh, you know, you look at the Big Ten in general, and it, it took me a while to really come around to crystallizing this idea, but... It's the guard play. Like, besides Northwestern, who really has a consistently good backcourt in the Big Ten? There are, you certainly, if you're Maryland, you're thrilled to have Jameer Young. Uh, you, you certainly, if you are um, Penn State, you have Pickett, but is he really a guard with the way he plays out of the post? I mean, he is and he isn't, right? Uh, Shannon for Illinois is more of a wing. Uh, the, the guard stuff really concerns me as you go into a tournament where that guard play tends to be amplified a little bit more. 
The bottom line is, is that I don't trust any of these teams to be able to make a deep run. I do think Purdue makes it to the second weekend just because an eight or a nine seed having to deal with the seven foot four dude, not going to be easy. Uh, and you look at Indiana, they probably caught a little bit of bracket luck uh, with where they're at as a four seed, assuming they can get past Kent State, which is no sure thing. But if they draw Miami in the second game, Miami's down Lord Chad O'Meara, their big guy who got hurt in the ACC semis, maybe that gives the Hoosiers a, a, an opening there. But the, everybody else is in that 7-10 to 10 seed range, which is basically a perfect setup to either go one and done or two and done, and you forgot that they were even there. We're speaking with Patrick Stevens. He is at Discourse on Twitter. That is D1SCOURSC, the word discourse with a one instead of the I. Patrick, I want to get your prediction. What's the best possible for Maryland outcome? What do you think is going to happen? What's the best possible? And then overall tournament, who's your final foreign champion as well? Uh, Best case scenario is that they win their first game probably in a 65 to 61 type of scenario and they catch Alabama on a day where the Crimson Tide doesn't hit any threes and they're in a slugfest down to the end of that with a toss-up. Uh, realistically, I-, I don't think that their season lasts beyond that second round game. I just think Alabama's really good. And basically will be playing home games in Birmingham this weekend. So, you know, as for the rest of the bracket, I honestly haven't given it too much thought. I had some work to try to knock out here between 630 and eight or so, Uh, but let's just do a quick run. I'll go ahead and go with Arizona to win in the, uh, in the South. I have a feeling Alabama does not make it all the way to the final four. I'll take Houston. I think they might be as trustworthy as any team in the country, assuming Sasser is healthy for them, uh, which he was not today for the American athletic final uh, against Memphis. Going to go, you know, I, 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 I'll go ahead and throw my my I'll push my chips in on UConn here as kind of a surprise winner out west. UCLA injuries concern me, even though I think really highly of them. Kansas, don't know if they're quite that good. Uh, they're good, but I don't think they're quite as good as say last year. Uh, and then uh, go ahead and 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 say Duke. Uh, the I think that the the Blue Devils got a very favorable bracket in the East. Uh, don't trust Purdue to go that far. Not sure Marquette is going to go to a final four. You know, Kansas state isn't, you know, the most imposing three seed and Tennessee might not even make it out of the first round as a four seed. So, uh, I'll give the nod to Duke in that one. Although, you know, maybe Kentucky's able to make a run in that bracket too. You could have a, you could plausibly have a five, six Duke Kentucky regional final out in the, uh, in the East bracket. Patrick, you, you study these resumes, so I'm curious, how rare is it to have a team with that kind of <clears throat> home road split where they're 17 and one at home and then, you know, one and nine in conference on the road, only two wins, uh, true road wins are against two of the worst power five conference teams, Louisville and Louisville and Minnesota. How rare is that? Like, have you seen that dramatic of a split before? I mean, we've seen, like, I can't come up with something off the top of my head, but there's usually one or two teams that are real home court heroes every every year where 
you you see them and they're and they're dramatically different teams at home on the road. And you sit there throughout February and say, you know, you guys would be well served to win a road game. Uh, obviously, Maryland is a more extreme version of that for this season. Uh, but I feel like that's something that there's one or two of those that you can point to just about every year where it's like, yep, different team, one place rather than the other. So, Patrick, um, just looking at the bracket overall, what are some teams you think got in that maybe shouldn't and some that maybe deserved it but didn't? And then how did your bracket uh, compare to what actually came out? Well, the fact is, is it compared pretty favorably. So you're not going to hear me complain too much about any of, any of this. I mean, I mentioned the Texas A&M seeding thing. And Texas A&M was in the top 20 of all six metrics that show up on the NCAA's team sheets, which means – you know, you divide that by four, and that would mean they would project to about a number five seed at worst. So for them to get bumped down to a seven really did surprise me. They did have a couple quad four losses uh, to uh, Wofford and Murray State back in non-conference play. So that uh, that probably has something to do with it, but still surprising to see them that far down. The one team that I had in that didn't make it was Oklahoma State. The one team that got in that I didn't think was going to get in was Nevada. And that actually was mentioned during the selection show. And I thought that uh, it was one of the most reassuring answers I have ever heard a selection chair give over the years, where he basically said, okay, Oklahoma State, you did have six quad one wins. You also had 12 other chances and lost them all. Whereas Nevada went four and five in quad one. The thing that that struck me about Nevada was they actually had a really good profile up until the last two weeks of the season. And they went and they lost at last place Wyoming in the Mountain West. They lost at home to UNLV. And just like that, they went from zero losses to quad three and four games to two. And then they got bounced in overtime in their first game at the Mountain West tournament. So I just didn't think that was the profile of a team that was going to receive clemency. But good for them for getting it. Because they had had a really good and consistent season up until that point. Uh, and if you're Oklahoma State and you're 18 and 15, you obviously had plenty of chances to go get victories. And ultimately, when you look at what they did against the two tiers of the Big 12, they had the seven teams that made the tournament, and they went 4-11 and 11 against those teams. And the two teams that didn't, besides themselves, they went 5-0 and 0. So the committee clearly was not fooled uh, by what Oklahoma State was able to do, which was to sweep Iowa State, pick off a couple other teams in Stillwater, had only one questionable loss, but it, it isn't the worst thing in the world that that team is off to the end of the team. So it really does kind of seem like the out-of-conference was was the stickling point for a lot of these teams when kind of judging the ins and outs and kind of the bumping up seed lines and down, right? Yeah, I think you look at Rutgers, they played a poor non-conference schedule uh, and also had, excuse me here, uh, had four quadrant three losses. A few of those were out of the conference, too, to, to Seton Hall. The Nebraska loss at home and that awful Minnesota collapse that they had. I mean, you almost feel like if they, they just simply closed out Minnesota, we would be talking about the Scarlet Knights being in the field at this point. Um, Clemson was a team that played the number 334 non-conference schedule, and that played a big role in them getting left out. In addition to having a pair of quad four losses, one out of conference to Loyola Chicago 
and two, incomprehensibly somehow losing to Louisville this season, which, you know, you could make a case that that should make a team ineligible for multiple years. Shut the program down for that. I mean, (laughs) it it is just the weirdest thing that that team uh, stumbled in, in, in Louisville this season. So, uh, you know, those were two teams that for sure with their non-conference schedules ultimately got bit a bit there. And then you look at a team like a North Carolina uh, that only won one quad, one game the entire season, went one and nine, plenty of chances, didn't get it done, had chances in non-conference play, played that four overtime game over Thanksgiving against Alabama, didn't get it done. You win one or two more of those, and we're talking about the Tar Heels as being this sort of Ooh, look at them going to Dayton. Or, ooh, look at them as an 11 seed, and they're going to be dangerous because they have all these guys. And instead, you know, they are the rare team that's actually turned down an NIT bid. I'm not sure anybody has done that since the NIT or since the NCAA purchased the event a few years back, other than for maybe COVID reasons during during the pandemic season. Well, Patrick, thank you very much for joining us. We know this is the crazy night for you. We didn't want to take up too much of your time. And, uh, you know, hopefully we'll keep making a tradition. We'll, we'll do it every year. Awesome, fellas. You guys take care. Yeah, Thanks, man. Patrick. 250 barbecue on me soon. Thanks, Very Patrick. well. <laughs> Appreciate you. He is at Discourse on Twitter. Awesome guy. Great to follow. He does a really cool thing where after every Maryland game, he posts which players have jumped in the rankings of the all-time scoring leaders. So that's really cool. And it's the word discourse, but it's a one instead of an I. So D1SCOURSE. Give him a follow. He's a great guy. Um, and I also posted in our chat a link to our bracket challenge. So everybody watching, please click on that. Join the bracket challenge. Free to enter. And if you win first place, you get one year subscription to Inside Maryland Sports. Second place. Six-month subscription, and the top three finishers will get to ask any five questions they want that we have to answer on the air. Whatever you want. In the past, yep. these have been sometimes sports-related. Derek so- Queen commit jokes. Like, <laughs> There's you know, been other things, too. The whole thing. I mean, up and down. Whatever you got, we will force Jeff to answer it. Yeah. Because, well, I mean, year- nobody gives a shit but me and Larry think. So. <laughs> the first year we did it, someone asked – I can't. It's been a long time. We've been doing this for 10 years. Yeah. Someone asked, um, why are you such a loser? And uh, I, I directed it. I don't even remember this. I directed it to you and said, well, that one must be for Paul. Uh, so even I honestly kind of don't. Like, you don't that's, remember that? That's how long it's been. That's a yeah. long time ago. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was before my hiatus. It was the first run. First run. So, yeah. Something like that. I may be making up my head. I don't It's possible. I don't know. Like I said, we've been doing this a long time and I'm very lucky and and happy to have done this for a long time. So, you know, join, have some fun. Yeah. One bracket a person. Don't be that guy. Um, You know, and, uh, and at the least you get in there and you get to, you know, kick our asses because I I think our record the last couple of years has been uh, very no bueno. (laughs) One year. I, I always think it up. Wasn't yeah. it, didn't Ahmed like come close to win it when there were like 250 brackets one time? I think, I, he, I think he did. I think he did. I think Jeff might have came in like second oh, like, from last one. <laughs> oh, that year was <laughs> terrible. That year yeah. was a disgrace. I really yeah. well, I was. 
I wasn't second from last, but I was definitely like 288 out of 293. Yeah, or something it was like it was bad. Because I always because I well, first off, I love upsets, right? Um, like that's the whole thing that makes it great. So I think I tend to look for too many upsets because you know it's enjoyable and um, and then study study long, study wrong, you know. So. This year, I'm winning that. See, I did that once because I think the year before I was in a pool where, like, um, you get more points. Like, the points are the round number times the seed. You know what I mean? So, like, if you you pick a 13 over a four Mm -hmm. in the first round, you get, you know, 13 points instead of if you pick the four, you'd only get four. So, like, it kind of encourages you to pick the upsets. And I think I did that, except the scoring was just, like, standard, and I just completely – just totally blew it. Yeah, I like um, that. At least I, I'm going to claim that and uh, and <laughs> hope that was true. In this one, it is. I think it's straight up, right? Well, and you get a. Point. Or you can choose, can't you? Can you decide what? I, I, uh, yeah. Hang on. You can. Am I logged in? You can. Uh, you can set it any way you want. I think, but all I did was copy what we had in the past. And it was one point for every first round victory, two for the second, three, yeah. four, five, six. Yeah, that's just standard scoring. Yeah. And, so, and I'm I'm fine with that, but I, I love the upset idea because it gets people to really kind of not just pick chalk and really, you know. Is it yeah, not, I like that. It's not admittedly I've watched less random, fewer random college basketball games this year than any year recently. I don't really know why. Just uh, I have no idea. I've just probably writing and content and other stuff, but um, so I have no idea. And I haven't even had a chance to look at the bracket by now. This is the part where two hours after the bracket comes out, everybody's like, I got my upset pick and I've been here frantically trying to find out when the game starts and writing. So I haven't even <laughs> looked at it like who looks, I don't even know who looks good for like upsets or anything. Cause I've been writing the whole time. I won't be picking any, I don't, Maybe Purdue. I'll, I'll give them a decent run. Otherwise, it's hard to. It's hard to see. I mean, maybe Indiana. I feel like everybody's overhyping them. Like the BTN guys just kept beating that drum for like five a potential Final Four. And maybe they have a great player, so it's possible. But I don't see it. They haven't been that team all year. Their guards aren't that good. And after those two star players, it's a bunch of random dudes to me. So. <laughs> Yeah, Patrick made a good point with the guard play. I mean, it's become a bit of a cliche, but I think it really does hold true. My my problem is, you know, like yes, you look at Indiana's two man game and like, okay, you can you can imagine them getting hot with those guys if the role players come through and those guys just do what they do. You know, with Purdue, it's like, you know, Purdue, you know, Edie is obviously a beast and unstoppable but it just seems like he's surrounded by a bunch of dudes right so the two freshman guards okay like they're good they're they're going to be good certainly but like you know we watch them have off nights and just rolling out there with Edie and some dudes is going to be good enough most of the time I don't know if it's going to be good enough every time I don't know if it's going to be good enough for three or four games here it'll be good enough for 2.5 games most likely right two or three and then if those guys aren't hitting shots you know, they're out of luck, like we saw in the last month of the season when they were losing two out of every three games or whatever it was there for a short stretch. I feel like Northwestern's got a little bit of that kind of underdog magic possibility, like those Vedos guys. 
Bowie and Adige have been there for 20 years. I could see them maybe making a little noise. Penn State's got it going, but, you know, they're going to have a tough, obviously they have a tough draw. I I just, it's going to, you know, I kind of feel like in the years where everybody's saying Big Ten is amazing, then they just totally flop. So maybe this could be the year where everybody's just hating on them and they surprise. Maybe they're better, you know, than we realize, but. Man, I don't know, dude. I, 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 I've really come to the realization the last couple of years that I feel like the Big Ten is exactly what we said it was when we were in the ACC. Like, it's just a bunch of perfectly fine programs and fine teams that just can't – they're just not elite. They just can't put it together. They can't get on a run. Well, they I don't mean, have the athletes. Yeah, I mean, there's some of that. I think, again, we I don't want to get into the whole ref thing again, but I do think the Big Ten refs in a more, you know – game that that promotes physical kind of you know rugby basketball and i think when you get into the tournament that doesn't always get ref that way and i think big teams can big 10 teams can suffer for that um i don't know if that's you know there's any correlation there but it it, it feels like a thing to me that that would make some sense but like the you know after like 20 or 30 years of this stuff you know it stops being fluky and starts kind of being a trend right so I mean, I look at this bracket and you look at all those, all those, you know, eight, nine, 10 big 10 seeds. I, I'm not sure I'm going to pick any of them to get very far. How weird is it saying Kentucky as an eight and Duke as a five? Like that doesn't even make sense. North Carolina didn't even make it. Yeah. And North Carolina, not even in there. Kansas Kansas is the only blue blood keeping it up. Well, yeah. I mean, we're, we're witnessing the takeover of the big, the big money programs right you know look at the sec the big 12 to some degree that's just weird because none of them belong there but you know they all seem to have good teams this year it's 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 an odd season and it makes it does make you wonder a little bit when you start to see some of this coaching turnover from you know the jay Wrights, the roy williams the k's guys like that you know whether you're going to see these same groups of teams be up there challenging for the title the way that they have the past you know, basically most of our lifetimes. Um, certainly the the indications so far are maybe not so much, even though it looks like Duke already is a is got some some hype as a team that's coming together with all those freshmen. We got a question in the chat from 5D Attraction. You guys think this team has a better chance against Alabama than 2021? I'd say not really, about the same chance, which is a big Probably underdog. a little worse just because Alabama's a lot better than they were, even though they were really good. They're a freaking machine right now. I mean, they're they're playing as well as anybody in the country, but I think Maryland is probably a little better and better coached than they were, not to be insulting or whatever else. So comparable, probably not quite as good just because Alabama's so good, but it's a tournament. You never know. That's what makes it magical. Yeah, I mean, that's like a 15, 20% chance win right there at best. I mean, it's just not yeah. it's just not the type of team that Maryland is usually good against. And, you know, like I said, they're they're a machine. Miller is really good, whatever else you think of him. Um, yeah, what are you gonna do? At least at least a 10-point underdog, I guess. Yeah, probably. But I mean, again, th- that's a perfectly fine pro- problem to have. Okay, 
let's let's see what happens against Alabama because that means you beat West Virginia. And and I think, you know, at that point, you can really kind of put a bow on the season and be pretty happy with what Willard's put together. Um, you know, I I'm pretty happy anyway. I do I do have a bit of a house money feel to this whole thing. It it won't feel so good losing literally the first game of the tournament, especially against what I feel is an inferior program in West Virginia. Um but I Again, all of this feels a little bit bonus to me. You know, when we talked about this beginning of the season, I think all of us had this as a bubblicious kind of team. They certainly were way better than that. Um, so, yeah, I hope they go. Hope they win. Really hope they win that first one. You win that first one, you get two full days of fun and good times before you have to worry about Alabama on Friday or on Saturday. That's a hope for me. Just give me one. Give me yeah. one. Everybody's happy. This year is the program starter kick. Right. Yep. And at least against West Virginia, you don't have a, you know, you're not facing a relentless junkyard dog playground pressing team with only one point guard. And then your starter bonks his head on the floor. You have West Virginia doesn't press as much as they used to. And even if they did, you got a better ball handling team. So that'll be interesting. Maryland might end up pressing more than they do, really. So. Yeah, that's not that's not their typical the typical huggy bear kind of team this year. It's interesting when you look at some of their underlying stats and whatnot. They score pretty well. They get to the line a lot. Um, I think it's another game where, like, if they you know if Julian Reese gets two fouls, you know, walking off the plane, then you might as well pack it up. But you know, it'll be interesting to see. The fouls are unbelievable. I mean, he's clearly uh, they're they're definitely real fouls at least. 80-ish percent of the time, and he needs to work on that. He goes for even the other day, the fourth foul where he jumped in the air on Cuchifino was a terrible decision. But he's also his reputation is preceding him a little bit, and they're giving him a quick whistle, to me at least. It certainly seems that way. Um, I I, th- I think he's been better, at least it, it seems to me over the past, you know, since like February 1st maybe, he certainly seems like he's done a better job of staying disciplined and not – not giving them opportunities to foul him out or to really get him into trouble, but there are still games where you can tell that, you know, he's, you know, kid gets amped up. He tries to make a play, does something stupid. There's foul number three at halftime. And, you know, it's, it, you can't really play defense after that. I mean, that's, that's when Maryland really falls apart on the defensive end, let alone what he can bring on the offensive side. Yeah. And people, and that keeps him out of the, I mean, people don't realize how effective he's been. I, I wrote this earlier. He's got the third highest single season field goal percentage in Maryland history this season. I mean, that he's been really good most of the time. You know, it, it's there's a chance he could be better than Jalen Smith. I think next year, if he, did, I mean, and Jalen Smith was all Big Ten, border not quite all American, but that next level down. And this kid is is really coming on to be interesting because West Virginia center is like 6'10", 285 pounds. So he's going to be, but, but the thing is he hasn't, that hasn't bothered Julian Reese lately. He's been going chest to chest with Zach Eady and um, Jackson Davis, you know, multiple times early in that game, Jackson Davis tried to, tried to body him and he just went chest to chest and just forced a miss. I mean, he's doing that against all American caliber guys. So um, it'll be, it's going to be an interesting matchup. Hopefully yeah. They won't call him for a foul for breathing on the West Virginia center like they did against Trace Jackson Davis. 
that's certainly the hope. Otherwise, you know, you can make some lunch plans because that game is going to be over. But, you know, he's whether he's better than sticks or not, he, you know, he's certainly a different type of player. And he's still not a guy you can really just kind of post up and expect him to make things happen. But when Maryland's playing well, their interior passing is good and he's being shifty down there and, you know, working the offensive boards like he's just become an excellent player. I think Grant Billmeyer deserves a lot of credit for that, for being able to get Emelian, who was a guy that we had no expectations at all for this season to really became a you know, become a solid backup center. And then, you know, Reese's development, I think between now and even back in November is, is just night and day. So, I mean, there's a lot to be, to feel pretty good about, um, you know, knowing that at the very least, you know, you're going to have him coming back next year uh, with Martinez and a couple other guys, but uh, you know, that, that roster next season, I've already, I already got a couple people on Twitter being like, Oh, what do you think uh, next year's starting lineup will be? I'm like, dude, I don't even know what next year's roster is going to look like. Yeah. The first clue what it's going to look like. There's yeah. someone in the uh, Antoine cuff in the chat room said, I think Willard needs to <clears throat> utilize the Canadian more, which is Calum's Calum <laughs> Swat and Roger. Correct. I don't think we hope not. Right. <laughs> we hope he doesn't have to. I'll tell you what, I don't want to see, I don't want to see uh, Callum against a, a 6'10", 280 pound dude. <laughs> like uh, he might, he might murder him on the court, man. Just by like well, turning around. He has, when he's been in, there's been times when he, he didn't get pushed around and he oh, actually, physical. yeah, he's, he's, not scared. he's got he, some, he's got some dog in him. I'll, yeah, I'll give him that, but yeah. he's, 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 he's not a, uh, he's not, not ready. A, he's not a thick boy. Is he's all not, I'm saying. Yeah, he's, he's not ready. Raw. He's not thick. Yeah. But he's not six seven two twenty or whatever a million is at the same time. But who knows? Who knows who they'll face? I mean, the big hit from West Virginia is huge, but he's I think he averages five points a game. So we're not talking about Zach Eady. Yeah. So you know, it's good. It's it's a good matchup. I mean, West Virginia's favored by two, so that pretty much tells you it's a, basically a toss up. Everybody's watching that's the Ken Palm number, I think. Everybody watching, we uh, we're going to be. We talked about we're going to go live after every tournament <clears throat> win, correct? If they win. So if we're going to be doing that, everybody subscribe. Be ready for that after the victories. So we're doing uh, six six live shows then? We are. <laughs> all six. We're going to be doing all six. Subscribe. I will, I will make the sacrifice. If you get – and also I think there's a bell. If you hit a bell, you'll get like a notification that we're going live. So do all that stuff. You can follow the team with us. And then I'm, I'm going to be posting the link to the bracket challenge. I posted it again for people who weren't here before. Join the bracket challenge. It is free to enter. First place, one-year subscription to Inside Maryland Sports. Second place, six-month subscription to Inside Maryland Sports. Top three people get to ask any five questions they want to us. We'll have to answer them live on the show. We are entering, but only for entertainment purposes. We are not eligible to win. So we're not going to win anyway. There's so. all there's our announcements. So I'm, try, I'm trying to get Walt to join again because he usually does. I t- it takes him a while. I usually have to kind of walk him through, like no, hit that button. Hey, hit have, that one. have Walt. I have Walt throw in a couple of bottles. Yeah, of liquor. I was right? going to say we need to get some get some clutch vodka involved Ooh, here. That's a good promo. That's a good promo. Yeah. I. I am. I am. The IMS bracket challenge sponsored by Clutch Vodka. What's up oh with that? yes, up I love that? it. That is a good idea. Let's 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 cross promote here. Let's 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 that do it. That is a good idea. 
And Mick says Maryland just has to shut down Stevenson. In games West Virginia wins, Stevenson goes off. He's a streaky shooter that can go for 30. Another loss, loss of Stevenson has played bad. So there you go. I agree. We should yeah. stop that guy from I, scoring 30. I, I don't even know who Stevenson is. Says <laughs> Sean Winkler. Hart and Scott will need to be locked in. They've been here and they won. Thinking back to UConn two years ago, we were dogs and played it great. Yeah, Keem Hart and Dante Scott, man, that's the that's the X factor, right? You you have a pretty good idea what you're going to get from Jameer Young, even though he's been he struggled a little bit past few games. It's six of twenty eight in those two games, the Big Ten tournament, never got going. But for the most part, you know what you're getting from him. You have a pretty good idea what you're getting from Reese, and and Carey's been really good lately. I mean, Carey's been arguably their great third, yeah, third really best good. player lately. But those two yeah. guys are just so have been up and down. You got to get the best versions. If you get the best versions of Hart and Scott at the exact same time, which doesn't happen all the time, then you're in business. It's it's a bit crushing seeing two seniors who played that much basketball really struggle recently, and like you just. You know, it just kills you. Obviously, Dante was great from with those threes the other night against Minnesota. But I mean, you need you need those guys to show up, and and if they don't show up, you can't go two for thirteen or something. Like that's just part of the thing that's bothered me so much is about having all these seniors and these guys who played a lot of basketball, but then you know not getting the stuff that seniors are supposed to give a basketball team, like being able to play well on the road. You know, kind of being able to play within themselves pick their spots, you know, whereas a lot of times you see guys, it feels like they're getting back into really bad old habits, um, you know, as opposed to the beginning, you know, when Maryland was playing well, beginning of the season and in January, you know, they felt like a different team. It felt like a Willard team way more than just kind of like, uh, you know, these are churches guys and they just do what they do the last, you know, three or four years. So you hope for a little better there for sure. Well, the thing about Hart, so Hart is really streaky. He's either, making every three or missing every wide open three. And then Dante Scott's to me, the issue or one of the issues is you'll be on a roll offensively. Guys are flowing, you're scoring, you're on a run. And he decides he hasn't posted up in a long time and it's time to do me. And he'll go and post up and slow everything down. And the reaction to the double team is slow. They'll come double and then it It'll be three seconds of this and get it out. And then somebody's got the ball with five seconds on the shot clock. You know, and that's not to dog him. He's had some really good games. He's done a lot of good things for them. But that to me has been the, you know, kind of the weakness there. Yeah. There have been times when he does that kind of old man game stuff, but in the flow of the offense, you know, where he's able to kind of dribble down into the key and do that little kind of push off with his chest and go up with that little hook shot. But like when you see him get that look on his face, like clear (laughs) out, it's like, oh, it's Dante Scott time. Yeah, right. <laughs> Dante Scott. Yeah. I, I think a lot of it is probably psychological. He came in. This is going to be his year. He's going to be the best player on the team. And then now he's at best the third option at best. And it's got to be wearing on him a little bit. He's, he's got to be feeling like, man, I want to contribute. I want to get my points. I want to do stuff. He's not shooting well. And he is sometimes successful with that back the guy down to the hoop thing, but you're right. He completely I mean, he's, got, bit. he's got a nice little hook shot. There's yeah. no question about that, but when you're flowing and the ball bouncing from one guy to, to another, you're knocking down threes and 
running the fast break. It's not the time, you know, just pick your, pick your spots basically. But it, it does feel like when Jameer struggles, he feels like, okay, I got to take this over. And he's just not a player who most of the time is capable of doing that. And I, I think that's where, where we get into trouble. And if you want to look at, you know, just the one common issue with Maryland's play and, you know, basically since the beginning of February, mid February, it's been Jameer just not, being himself. So, you know, fix Jameer. I think a lot of other things fall into place for Maryland. So, you know, if, if you gave me one thing to say whether, you know, okay, predict the result based on, you know, whether Jameer goes off for, you know, I don't know, 15 plus or not. If he's over that, I imagine they're probably okay. And if he's under it, they're probably in a lot of trouble. We got a couple more comments in the chat about how Maryland did not get a good draw. So I figure why don't we give our predictions on what we think they're going to do in that game and the tournament as a whole. And that can be how we, how we close up shop tonight. What do you think? Yeah, let's roll it. I think, I mean, it's a toss up game realistically, but I'd say, you know, I think they win. I think 69, 65, it's going to be right in that 70 ish range. Maryland's only allowing 63 points a game, which is like top 35 in the country. West Virginia's averaging like 73.5 a game. So they're a really good scoring team. So that's going to be really, they're not pressing nearly as much. They're not nearly as good on defense as we're, you know, everybody who watched that game in 2015 and hasn't watched them play since probably thinks that they're the same hard nosed full court press team, but they're not anymore. So, you know, it's, it's a toss up. And so do you have a prediction? How far? Yeah, I'll say Maryland's, Maryland 69-66. So they win and then out against Alabama or? Yeah, I mean, Bama's playing as well as anybody. Maryland's played well. They've overachieved. But to beat those teams, unless you just have the flukiest day ever, you got to have some You got to have some studs. Maryland has some good senior pieces. You know, they play really hard, but they don't have those six – eight studs, six, 10 studs. Like they don't, he's got to build that up on the roster. That's not, you know, so that, that's going to be really tough. Like I said, I assume if they win, they're probably a 10 ish, 10 to 12 point underdog, maybe against Bama. Maybe I'm overstating it, but it'll be close to that. I'm sure. Paul. Yeah. I mean, I, I've only watched a couple of West Virginia games this year. Um, I don't think they're very good. Um they also struggle on the road like Maryland does. It, it feels like a fairly decent matchup. And I just – I believe in Jameer Young. I believe that he will find a way to put it together. Um, you know, whether this is the end for him or not, it's certainly, you know, certainly the, his his what he'll be remembered for at Maryland, assuming he doesn't come back. Um, I figure he finds a way. Maryland finds a way against West Virginia in a fairly close one. Um, and then they uh, – I think they almost certainly get their get their doors blown off by Alabama. Um, I certainly couldn't in good conscience <laughs> pick them to win that game, uh, but I'd certainly be happy if they did. I I hate to be the, this guy, but I don't think they're going to win. I I just I feel like the the energy <clears throat> and level is just. I, I I don't think they have the same thing that was going on in February. And I hope, I got to hope I'm wrong, obviously, that I feel like West Virginia is going to see what the Big Ten teams did to Maryland. They're going to beat 
on them. And I, I don't think it's going to go well. So I don't disagree. I, I just, I just look at West Virginia and I can't figure out why they should beat this team. I, I, that's really what it comes down for me. Like if, if they were their typical West Virginia team, you know, that presses and beats you up, then sure. I get it. But like, I just don't, I don't get it with this particular they bunch. They should have beat Nebraska. They should have beat Penn state. They probably even Ohio state. And it was on a little bit of a roll, but they should have beat them. They, they had well, been, I mean, that Penn like, State loss doesn't look as bad as it does. I mean, it shouldn't have been a loss to begin with if they get a rebound, you know, but that certainly doesn't look as bad now. I mean, they're holding to a 16 point second right. half lead. I mean, Penn State's what 10 and one, and they're you know, 10 and two in their past 12, right? So well, they're playing great. I mean, it's it, it just doesn't, I just can't figure out why they should lose this game. So they might, you know, you know me, I'm, I'm not the optimist very often, but, uh, you know, I don't know. It, feel, it feels like they might figure this one out. We got, a prediction, so. uh, we got a prediction from our boy in the chat. We have a bunch of predictions. We got 7159 West Virginia. So that's that's even more pessimistic than I am because I don't <laughs> think it'll be a blowout. Antoine says Maryland 7166. And John, oh, John Orrand is here. Johnny. 81, six, 80 to 61. Turf right 19. Well, I will right. take it. Hey, John, you want to join? How about you join right now? Yeah, just just <laughs> just zoom in. <laughs> you bored? You want to zoom in? Who's got John's email? <laughs> Jeff, you got it? Send him the Zoom link. I do have it. Right. Send him the Zoom link. John, join us right now. Also, do you, John, do you want to join our bracket challenge? Just for not fun? Saying anything. Not for money. He's like, damn, why did I comment? <laughs> no. yeah no we're putting no you want you want to you want to join the show we're putting your ass to work yeah let's go john come on i love john, yep. john I, I love john especially because he's even though he's a gonzaga guy which i do not love very much um <laughs> i love he's got on his um his uh his uh, uh basement like like a lair where he does his zooms and his on the first podcast he's got a dc metro map in the background like that's yeah. that's a that's a baller thing to have on your background that's well, a decent that's a hardcore DC guy, and I respect the hell out of that. You know, is here our boy William Ginsburg? He said, "You know, I'm rolling with the Terps, seventy sixty four. William Ginsburg. Yes, talk about this man. So this is tailgate, really funny. Yeah, on the message board on in, InsideMarylandSports.com, Maryland.247Sports.com, we're organizing the tailgate for the bowl game in Charlotte, and someone takes kind of ownership of that. And it's this guy, William Ginsburg. And I forget his board name right now, Paul, maybe you remember, but he was taking ownership. He's like, yeah, I'm getting a lot. I'm getting food. I got beer truck coming and blah, 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 blah. And he's organizing all this stuff, set up a, like a GoFundMe or something where we could all pay him. And like, we're this whole thing. And I'm like, all right, th- this cool guy. And then we go meet him. And he's 17 years old. Yeah, he's like oh, a child. 17? <laughs> no I'm, I'm exaggerating. Yeah. He's, oh he's in God. Maryland right now. but he, So he's like 20, though. Oh, guess who's yeah. joining? Oh, come on, John. <laughs> he's joining. All right. Matthew Owens says 62-61, Maryland. All right. Everybody throw in. There's 60-some people watching right now. Throw in your... Your predictions are either. There he is. Oh, take that goddamn jacket off. Guys, you're so negative. <laughs> you're so negative. I can't believe it. You got to take that jacket off. You got to take that jacket off. Right you. <laughs> Come on, John. You guys are so negative. Come on. Oh, it says 62 61, Maryland. 
Whoa. Uh-oh. Was that? The, oh, you, you got to turn your back. volume off of YouTube, John. Yeah, turn your YouTube off. Your, your predictions are either. There he is. Oh, take that goddamn jacket. <laughs> We're hearing an echo. <laughs> so negative. <laughs> you turn so it negative. The, I can't believe it. John came in just to destroy the show. Yeah, I'm having a real weird deja vu thing right now. All, All right, right, there we go. Can you hear me? All right. Yeah, yeah, we got good. you. All right, we're we gotta good. we gotta we gotta tell I, this professional reporter how to do podcasts. I know. I I don't I don't understand Zoom. First <laughs> of all, like like we should have beaten Penn State. Yes, and 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 Penn State is like they went on this this massive roll. They were playing really well, and the same thing with Ohio. Like we're if there if I had to pick one top seed that I wanted to play, it would be a top seed that has a whole bunch of off court issues that they're going to have to deal with. I, I just feel like like You're excited uh, about this seed. No, it stinks. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I mean, Larry, I'm trying to no, talk myself. No, into yeah, it, yeah. Just, just, just go with it, man. Just go with the flow. You just... uh, all right, John. Tell everybody who you are. Sports Business <laughs> Journal, and you got a podcast. Uh, the the Marshall Oran Sports Media Podcast. Yes. Uh, uh, University of Maryland class of '89. Uh, Gonzaga uh, as well. Uh, uh, there we go. But uh, I, look, I think we're like I know that I know Maryland has lost, but I, I think they're doing. They've been playing well. It's not like when they lost on the road earlier. It's they're they're progressively getting better. Um, they're they're going to beat West Virginia. I mean, no problem. And and uh, when it comes to Alabama, look, I would bet with Alabama, but I think we have a legit chance. They they have all these off court issues. Like we've we've played really really well the last several weeks i think we're going to be fine can all right we, can we is there are there ways we could perhaps uh get johnny law down there to to you know get involved in the next i don't know <laughs> i know <laughs> 72 to 96 hours because of that. is there any like nil police that we can like uh go go down to tuscaloosa and we'll we'll, we'll be fine yeah like you gotta test our reach here you know <laughs> so so John, tell us a bit. Um, I know you obviously haven't prepped for any of this, but just tell us a bit about like the media machine behind the tournament. Now that I've got your your giant head and expertise on the show, like you know, you get Nance and Raftery like game one, like like right in front of the thing, and they the way they spread this out, like what is it like to for them to kind of put on this production every year? Like it seems it seems just like a crazy thing, and we just sit back and watch it all happen in front of us, and it's amazing, but like. What could that possibly be like for them behind the scenes? Well, it, it, this is uh, particularly interesting because it's Nance's last year, uh, yeah. and Ian Eagle has taken over for him. So there's going to be a lot of emotion with with Jim Nance as he's sort of going through all. all well, and, and he's a Houston guy, right? So that could end. That could be really weird if they get to the the final four in Houston. In Houston, with, with Houston potentially winning as yeah. well. I mean, they're 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 a number one seed uh, till uh, and. It's uh so having just uh that number that a crew going all the way through is um and and having them start with uh with the Maryland game in fact I think the Maryland game's noon right it's yeah it's it's game. game game number one we get yeah, uh, everything I mean, to ourselves for an hour and and uh, what's also unique about this is that it's uh, CBS and it's Turner as well and so it's uh you know and every other year the championship games on TBS this year it's on CBS uh but but they. Uh, you you never see TV networks work well together, uh, but this is this is one where they they share ad sales, they share marketing. They, they uh, Barkley and Kenny Smith are on the um, 
uh, the pregame show with uh, uh, is it Greg Gumbo or I forget who the uh, the uh, CBS oh uh, Eddie Johnson they bring over the whole inside the NBA team yeah. I think and so they 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 basically ignore the NBA for a couple of weeks here and and and, and get on there and you you never see this so it, it it is a really unique production as far as sports media goes and then they don't seem super. Um cranky about the streaming either right because you can stream through the march madness site and like is that like just a unique kind of part of their tv deal or because it seems like everybody else they're trying to they don't you know they don't focus on screaming streaming as a as a bigger part of their package but maybe because a lot of these games are played during the week during the day it becomes kind of like a, a fait accompli they need to give give people a way to watch that yeah, remember they used to have the boss button that you would have to hit. And then oh, yeah. Some, some like Excel sheet would come up. Yeah, do TPS reports and whatnot. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, I think it's, it's less so because Turner runs that and 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 uh, CBS and Turner sell uh, sell that. So uh, the, the advertising against that. So it's not as though they're giving the streaming over to Apple or to Amazon or anything along those lines. It's a it's something that's sort of within the family there. So they they're they're okay with that. Hmm. So you have a much more positive outlook than I do, and really more than all. And then, three once, of us, uh, then I think. Larry, once they beat once they beat Alabama, then oh. it's like Virginia, and like they're they're basically the number one seed there. So all right, so how far are they going? That's where I was getting to. Is oh, like, you know, uh, I mean, uh, I have them in the Final Four, but if they, uh, <laughs> if, uh, I'll, I'll put them in the Final Four there. Okay. It, uh, <laughs> all right. Well, and, well and you got. You got to join our bracket challenge. If, and now, now we've gotten this far. Exactly. I mean, I, w- I would not pick them to beat Alabama, but I think that they have as good a shot against Alabama as any other number one team. Like if, if I had to pick the number one seeds, Alabama would be the seed, maybe Purdue, but Alabama would be the seed that I pick. If, if anybody's due for a miraculous run, is it not Maryland? Like one sweet 16 in the past. 19 20 years almost one sweet 16 and even that one was a blowout so think of all the teams of way less profile lower profile who have made runs in that time period literally like dozens and dozens i mean they got to do it eventually right it's got to happen yeah i saw your i saw your tweet on that it's i'm maryland's totally due i think well i mean we we have just an incredibly absurd amount of failure in conference in the NCAA tournament in terms of like being that team that makes the random fluky run. It feels like every year, like two or three teams just go, you know, 20 and 15 in conference and then go pull off an elite eight run out of nothing. Or, you know, like Penn state this year, making that run to the big 10 conference final. Like you just never see Maryland teams make that really weird run and it does feel, I will say this much about this team, when they're on, I mean, they're really, really, really good. And they've certainly beaten enough good teams this year to show that. So if things turn around and if Jameer can figure it out and the other guys follow, I mean, yeah, it wouldn't, it wouldn't shock me if they could you know, beat an Alabama and get to the Sweet 16. Just because Alabama, as good as they are, if those threes aren't falling the way they normally do, they're at least mortal, right? Mm-hmm. Jeff, have, have you talked about how great it is that Michigan didn't make it? No, we actually haven't done the full, like, let's laugh at Michigan and UNC. Michigan, Rutgers, Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of usual players. We were talking about this a bit earlier with the UNC thing that, you know, what, what was Jeff saying? Like, what, what Duke's a five seed, Kentucky's a, what, six seed? Eight. Like, 
eight seed, you know, UNC not in the tournament. Like you, you know, I was saying earlier with uh, you know, you're watching Jay Wright on the CBS broadcast breaking things down and Villanova's of, not in the instead right, instead of coaching Villanova to a one or two seed. So it does feel like you're seeing a little bit of that kind of coaching turnover. Not only that, but like Xavier is a three seed. And what's their record? They were I think they were like twenty two and nine. They had like nine losses as a as a three seed in the big east. Yeah, they're they must have crazy metrics or something. Isn't that Thad Modest? Isn't Thad Mata coaching them now? Yeah, it's Sean Miller. Or Sean Miller, that's right. Sean Miller, he's supposed to be the next Maryland coach. Uh, uh <sighs> I think he uh, when we hired Turgeon. Yeah. yeah. Xavier yeah, is somehow showed up in sweatpants with spaghetti yeah. stains on his shirt. <laughs> <laughs> legend, legend Wait, is that confirmed? I don't I don't know if that was ever confirmed. You wouldn't believe the stories that I've heard, and I've never been able to fully separate fact from fiction i'm still well, undecided all i heard it was a hamburger like on the hotel bed or something yeah, yeah, like a huge grease stain and he's wearing like a he's wearing a tank top and uh, i don't know but I, I still haven't decided whether i believe that sean miller was going to take the job so it fell through or using it for leverage i believe toward using it for leverage but then you'll hear some things from some people and they go i think he really was going to take it so We'll never I've, know. All, I've always I've always leaned towards Sean Miller showed up and said, I want academic exceptions. Oh, that's I wanna, definitely I want I want I want a Brinks truck, uh, not just for me, but for all of my players. And this, that, and the other thing. And 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 Kevin told him, uh, yeah, I can't do that. <laughs> that was the party line from the Maryland side when it happened, was that he came in asking for all kind of academic exemptions and things like that, and that's how it fell through. And, yeah, and Xavier, know, of course, gave that to him, right? Well, well, yeah, he's been I mean, not, he's been knocked down down a peg a little bit. Yeah, he? it's just, yeah. I mean, he was on, he had a show cause, so he couldn't be as selective. And this his leverage was not nearly as good. But uh, yeah, it's weird to think how different, you know, differently things might be right now that had gone down. Him and Mike Leach. Oh no, let's not talk about. <laughs> let's Mike not Leach. talk about that. Yeah. Xavier that. is sixteen in Ken Palm, by the way. And yes. what's a record, Larry? 25 and nine. 25 and nine. Nine losses in, in the yeah, big east. Yeah. And there's a yeah. three seed. Yeah. Well, it feels like it feels like everybody's got, you know, even the really good teams have what seven, seven, eight, nine losses this year. It's been a really weird year. And Purdue's got five. They're they're a consensus one seed. Houston's really the only one with an insane record, 31 and three. Oh, and they're what American or something? Like yeah. some that sucks. Tennessee is 23 and 10. Yeah, the well, two seed. They're screwed now. They lost one of their they're best fours. Four. Four. Okay. What did you say, Jeff? I said they're screwed. They lost one of their best players to injury a few days ago for the season. So, oh, really? Yeah, they're in trouble. Yeah, it shows you how much I've boned up on my bracket intelligence. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yeah. Not exactly. It's really strange. A lot of the Ken Palm teams, seven, number 17, 18, 19, and 20, are all seated in the 8, 9, and 10 spots even though Ken Palm would have them as like a five seed. Yeah, that's, that'll be interesting to follow. I, I, you know, that's something that Gary or Gary, Larry, your, um, your Excel awesomeness would be cool to see like how the Ken Palm rankings stack up in terms of like the S curve, you know, like if, if you start seeing these, you know, seven, eight, nine teams that are, that have good Ken Palm numbers, you know, start winning games, maybe they shouldn't. And then the higher seeded teams that have lower Ken Palm numbers don't. You know what I mean? You realize what you just did to me, Paul? 
I know. <laughs> He's got know. data going back to 2002. <laughs> now I'm going to be up until 3 a.m. with a spreadsheet, Paul, you jerk. I, you don't have I anything else to do. What, your kid's going this, to school. Hang on. I, I got to give a, a shout out to Ermin because, like, when did I read your story about, like, I, I knew that it was going to be Maryland, West Virginia. You had a story that posted, what was that, Friday or Saturday? Yeah, it was yesterday, but that's not me. I'm just, you know. Um, it was like all the bracket guys had. had yeah. They, had, I mean, they all, Patrick, they all totally knew like, where we were going to be. Yeah. I've never seen that. I, I was saying that earlier. I've never seen where so many people have the exact same matchup in the exact same region, let alone it actually happening. You know, I've never seen that many people. And then it happens. It's crazy. I don't think it was a leak, though. You know, I think it was just, I don't know. But, yeah, it was, it was uncanny. But doesn't everyone suspects that, is it Lunardi? Everyone suspects has an in with the committee. And oh, then, he definitely gets fed information. Oh, yeah. Totally, yeah, totally. And does. speaking of which, I thought today for the first time in years, I remember, do you guys remember the leak on the site? Years yeah. Ago? What was that? That was like four years ago, I think, right? No, it was, no, it was 10, 10 years ago, right? Years ago, probably 10 years ago, maybe eight. This guy <clears throat> on the site somehow got a hold of Maryland's matchup before the selection show. I think he knew somebody at CBS. So I, I know I, I, I talked to him in a little bit uh in the past. So it was like, it was like four or five years in a row. He would show up at like five forty-five and be like, Hey, we're a, we're a four in the West, you know, <laughs> and everybody's like, shut up, whatever. And then boom, it happened. So well, I got calls about that. They were very upset about that. I mean, they were like legal or I can't not legal, but you know, the big, cause they don't, that, that's John, how much do they pay? 47 billion trillion dollars for the rights whatever the hell they pay <laughs> so they don't want anything i'm gonna say yes yeah yeah, yeah I mean, I mean, sounds about right what is no, that? i was talking about do you remember it was a couple of years ago the entire uh um uh bracket got leaked and somebody with like 16 followers had the bracket out there and i think it was like only a couple of years ago and and, uh, and uh they ended up uh Coming down with a you know iron fist after that one as well. I do remember that, but yeah, this this guy was like a was like a production assistant at like a local you know some some you know local T, uh, CBS TV station, and he was boys with um what's his name uh, Gene uh, oh, shit starts with a W basketball reporter doesn't matter Gene Weinstein right or Wine uh, Garden for the guy from yeah. the post. Yeah, maybe I don't know somebody, but he told me like basically, you know, they they would feed their sports departments the bracket so they could get the graphic up and ready to go, you know, 10, 15 minutes before, you know, they kick over to the local news. And, you know, so he'd always get it and he'd just look where Maryland was and be like, hey, okay, boom, boom, post. And then, you know, God knows he's probably dead now. <laughs> who, knows, who knows? Like I said, with all the money involved, who knows what uh, what happened to that poor chap. But see, Big, Big really, Cat uh, today had a tweet. Uh, so, uh, CBS had something up about Wisconsin making the um, um, the, the, the tournament. Yeah, they had the little blurb, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they, and that probably gave them a lot of false hope that, uh, and it turns out they weren't like even close. I don't think they were even the last four oh, out. Zero. Yeah, well, yeah. Hey, Rutgers didn't make hey, it. They certainly hey, were not. Yeah. What a shame that is that that happened. Yeah, it's true. True tragedy. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, I, mean, I don't know if the resolution's good enough, but there's a single tear going down my cheek. <laughs> Those Badgers fans are very pleasant, and you know. Yeah, Jeff's really? not Jeff. Jeff doesn't have any any lingering feelings from the Diamond, Diamond Stone, Stone, yeah, at all. 
with Wisconsin fans. Who's our who is our biggest basketball rival? Nobody. Really? Not one. Nobody's out there. I mean, who's our biggest rival across sports? They they don't play very much, but Georgetown kind of they compete for recruits and like when you play once every yeah, when you play once every fifteen years, it's not a rivalry. I don't think Maryland has one. I I I really don't. I mean, I think. I think in the ACC days, like Duke will say, oh, you can't be our rival. UNC is a rival. But well, we were their rival too. I mean, it feels they, the fact that they doth protest too much about whether they cared or not about beating us kind of gave away the, the story on that. Yeah. But like, you know, in the Big Ten, it feels like a thing is going to take, you know, 10, 20, 30 years to really develop. I mean, I have a very healthy hatred for lots of these teams now, whereas when we first showed up, I was like, yeah, you know, Iowa, who cares? Whatever. And then, you, you know, that Iowa, really? Well, I'm going to hate everybody because that's <laughs> who I am. But I mean, that, you know, we played the, that first game or two against Iowa and that Woodbury kid started poking guys in the in mm-hmm. the face and whatnot. And I'm like, all right, fuck Iowa, mm-hmm. you know, and then with Wisconsin's easy to hate. Michigan, you know, Izzo's easy to hate now, maybe one 10, 20 years ago. You know, Michigan, obviously, with the whole Hunter Dickinson thing and, you know, Howard trying to pick on little Mark Turgeon on the bench. I mean. So, like, there's lots of potential. Indiana, I feel like, has good potential. So, like, there's a lot of stuff out there for us, but it doesn't feel like it's there yet. You haven't mentioned Penn State once, Paul. Because they're not on our level, and I'm just not acknowledging that. That's why I I needed them. Because that's a real rival. They're the real rival. Because we haven't won it at Penn State in how long? Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, I... Did the Diamond Stone team win six at the years? buzzer up there? Was six, that six years, years in a row they've lost at Penn State? Six yeah. in a row. Is, Are you kidding? The only six way the only way they're going to have any real organic rivals is if they start competing for Big Ten basketball titles and are having epic like late season showdowns against Indiana or Michigan State or whatever. One team gets better. They'll be competing at the top, and then it'll be a little bit of a rivalry, even though it's still lacking the. Uh, regional aspect that most rivalries have because it's hard when you know Michigan you know it's just so random geographically in football the only way is if they start beating Penn State semi-regularly you know they got to do that if they can't they just keep getting killed by then there's no other I mean Rutgers you know right that's they're all you know and they're very generic and it's just not going to happen there so you got to start beating Penn State in football, or you got to have a whole bunch of classic showdowns against somebody in basketball. But you know, with the way things, the odds are against it. Just with the with the way things have gone, either one of those things has, has been. Close yeah, I mean, it's like um, you know, Olu says in the chat, Indiana makes most sense. I think that's right. Like for me, Indiana has almost mirrored our. We've almost had two, you know, divergent but very equal kind of uh, histories after that national championship game. You know, a lot of mediocrity, a lot of failure. I mean, big, you know, the Big Ten tournament's been around since 1998. Indiana's never won it. They've only been in the championship game one time. Boy, that sounds familiar, right? Um, you know, having had that, you know, they obviously were a blue blood before. I don't think they are anymore. But, um, you know, they've got a big home court. So do we, you know, they kind of recruit the same type of areas, the same type of players. It feels like there's a lot of, of uh, you know, raw material there. But like Jeff said, you've got to have a lot. You know, that's organic. Like it's it, it's just going to happen on its own when it happens. 
And it might just not happen. It might just, you know, might just be kind of like a team that, you know, plays whoever we play. And, you know, it's a big game if if that other team happens to be good or if we happen to be good or both happen to be good. I feel I like Indiana. The Big Ten, the Big Ten needs to add <clears throat> Virginia. That's the only way Maryland's ever going to. Not the only way, but that would be the the best way, obviously, because there's no other regional teams. There's nobody else regional in the conference except Rutgers and their Rutgers. And um, there's nobody else regional that the Big Ten would be interested in. If they had Virginia, that that would be Maryland's rival to me. I still think of Indiana as like a blue blood, but maybe kind of a dormant blue blood. But five national titles with two absolutely legendary coaches in their history. They, you know, they're like still... football, though. Well, yeah, when was the last title? 88? 87. 87. 88 was it's Danny smart. and the Miracles. Like, like, they're, like, they're Nebraska football, except they're like Calvert Cheney. <laughs> I mean, Calvert Cheney's what, like 60? <laughs> I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, Nebraska football is a good, it's a good way to describe it. I mean, they it, it's funny though. I, I took a, a look just at their history uh, from the national championship game on. They look a whole lot like Maryland, man. Just a lot of, you know, a couple good teams. I think two sweet 16s in that time, but a whole lot of just, you know, 20 and 10 seasons that end in a poof of smoke. Yeah, Paul, imagine if Maryland beat uh, was uh, Indiana this year and then lost the next game. We'd be like, th- that would be the worst. I mean, yeah. and, and Indiana did, didn't even look competitive in that game, I don't think. Yeah, I mean, I think the only way it could have it could have been worse is if, if you know, you, you beat Indiana and then you lose to Penn State. <laughs> Apparently, Cavarcini <laughs> is 50, Paul. Oh, okay. Yeah, so he's only a little old, not nice. He was a nice player on those uh, Bullets teams. The Bullets that, teams, yeah. That, that's what I remember. Lose by twenty tonight at uh, Philadelphia. Yeah, with with Juwan Howard and Chris Weber and what Big Georgie, George. right? Big it's George, George, Scott Skiles as a point guard. I got I got a good text oh, wow. from uh, from Walt. He said he I said, "Will you join our bracket challenge?" And he texted back, "Of course." So there you go. Did you ask about the clutch vodka? I didn't because uh, I said, hey, will All you right. join our Zoom call right now? And he said, <laughs> he texted back, I'm driving. And I said, okay, drive safe. So I'll do that in a minute. But I'll do all that right, later. fair enough, fair yeah. enough. We're just hitting all the local celebs tonight. Like, who else is out there who wants to join in? Like, you know, you got you got an opinion on anything? You want to, you want to talk, uh, talk uh, you know, SVB's failure? I don't know, bank failures? We've got uh, – what other expertise do we have available? Yeah, the the run on the bank. Yeah, yeah. Get, get, let's get a, 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 a an expert on that. Yeah, we got some sort of uh, some sort of business uh, VC types out there. Want to <laughs> <laughs> check on their deposits? Chick oh. Hernandez. Ooh, oh, defenders touchdown. You know, I'm watching. You know, oh, I'm watching the DC defenders. defenders. Hell yeah, dude! Wait, so, so Paul, are you watching Apple soccer? Uh, well, uh, I am. I am not watching at this very moment. Uh, I am watching the DC Defenders beat the Vegas, whatever the fucks they are in the XFL. Have um, you watched DC United on Apple? Joe? Oh yeah, no, I'm. Oh, I, I haven't seen one minute yet. But thumbs up or thumbs down on Apple so far. I thumbs love it. Up. I love really? it. The only thing I worry about is that it's not accessible to the mass public because you have to buy the subscription to it. But it's awesome, and their wraparound show is. You could just sit there and watch the wraparound show, and it's great. Mm-hmm. If yeah, you like I, soccer, it's awesome. 
I really I, do think it's great. Production values are great. Um, picture's great. I mean, everything about it is is pretty top notch. And it feels good too, because uh, since we talked, we talked about, I don't know if we talked about that specifically um, when we had you on before, just because I was shooting the shit and wanted to get as much information out of you as possible. But um, uh, we learned later that uh, Apple does have an out out of that contract. So um, it, I think what I, what I saw was that MLS is producing a lot of that uh, content themselves. They're producing all of it. Yeah. yeah. So that if they do get cut off from Apple, they can take their whole shop and get another bidder and kind of go from there. So, yeah, you know, that was a BS story. Every single one of these deals has an out, especially yeah. one that has a, that, that many. So it was like, okay, know, knock me over with a feather. Of course they, they have an out. Like, Except yeah. for the ACC yeah. guarantee of rights. It's the only thing that doesn't have, a, <laughs> doesn't have an out. Are we still paying for that, Larry? I don't know. I think we're I done. I, I, think I think we have like a, a year left for some reason. Maybe we do. I don't know. I know they took the loan from the Big Ten. I don't know. I, they I weren't said, getting a full share, but now they are getting a full share. But I think they're still paying back the loan. I can tell you who really wants an out is Clemson and Florida State. Oh, yeah. That's, <laughs> no, no that's who wants an out. And that's no. when that happens, that's when we're going to be talking about a very, very different college football and Oregon products. and Washington. And like, you can go, on I the think they're the coming. Too. I think they're coming Oregon and Washington. I think that's going to happen. I will say the one thing about like Maryland sports being associated with the big 10 is it, like just sitting. So that was the greatest move Maryland athletes so could have done. So good. Question. I liked it at the time because I was, I was a very bitter Yankee Northern ACC person, Marylander feeling like outcast in the ACC. I always hated the ACC because it just felt like everything was stacked against Maryland and everything was geared towards those Carolina schools. Like Gary said, Maryland was in, Maryland's in Alaska. Right? Yeah. I was very happy when they left the ACC because first of all, the, the ACC that everybody idealizes was not the same anymore. Anyway, it was already gone. And then, of course, the Big Ten is just a bigger, better conference in every way, almost, really. Who was our rival going to be? I think they, they had us with Pitt, right? Yeah. They, everybody yeah that's had the one. joke. That's the joke on the message board. Everybody yeah. brings that up all the time. Our yeah. great longtime rival, Pitt. Yeah, because Virginia had Virginia Tech, and like, we weren't going to do that. And uh, Duke and Carolina. Yep. Uh, Boston yeah, College in Syracuse. Yeah. It was nice to be the outsider in the uh, Southeastern United States Conference, and now it's being the outsider in the Midwestern the Midwest Conference. <laughs> conference. But, <laughs> but I will say, and I'll say this, and one of the things that, that bothered me about the ACC so much was that it felt so half-assed, like just all of it, the, you know, the TV product, the production, like the way that everything was so centered around the North Carolina teams. The Big Ten is just a professional-ass organization, and the difference there is just so night and day, not even just with the Big Ten Network, but just the way they've been aggressive about this, these kind of moves in terms of realignment, being able to, yes, we focus on football, but we're not leaving basketball behind. We're going to make sure everybody's got enough money to compete nationally. Like, you know, that feels like just like a completely different story than it was. And not only that, Maryland fits in. I, I know you're saying culturally it's like East Coast and a Midwest, but Maryland is a state flagship university research institution like every other Big Ten school is, with the exception of maybe like Northwestern, right? But the ACC has football factories. It's got city schools. It's got private schools. It's got – it's a couple of 
state flagship universities. It's a big miss, and it's Notre Dame. It's got a big mismatch of all kinds of crap. And no wonder they're having problems sticking together and different people want different things. Maryland fits way better in the Big Ten just for that. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Watching the some of the ACC basketball tournament this weekend, it looks so small time. Like just not, not ready for primetime kind of stuff. It's like, oh, it's Duke again. It's Virginia. Sure. You know, Greensboro Coliseum is falling apart around you. Like, you know, fuck those guys. I'm going to enjoy watching them fall apart. I do. I do do wish I I forget whether whether it was Jeff or Paul that said it earlier. I do wish that in basketball, the big 10 referees would let them run up and down the court a little bit more than they do. Uh, But uh, that's that's been a source of frustration for a decade now. But uh, and that's a tough thing. You know, like when we were in the ACC, we always said, hey, you know, big 10 plays football on a basketball floor. And, you know, all those teams just beat each other up and none of them are actually very good. And now I'm looking around and be like, shit, I think we were right the whole time. It's totally true. (laughs) And we're still right. You know, we're still right. None of these teams are going to make it past the first weekend. You know, so what are we even doing here? But, you know, I don't I don't think that's predictive so much as just a, you know, funny thing to look back about the way we used to kind of trash the team, especially when they like beat us in the Big Ten ACC tournament and things like or a challenge and things like that. So the dearly departed ACC big 10 tournament, I think they're not going to do that anymore. Yeah. The challenge got shut down, right? Dagger. Well, the ACC may be getting shut down at Florida state and Clemson. (laughs) Here's, here's the hoping question. Here's the question. Was Maryland's record worse in the big 10 ACC challenge or the big 10 tournament? I think they're both hovering at like 28%. No, they were, they were good in the big 10 they were good in the challenge when they were in the ACC, they had a winning record, but since they've joined yeah. the big 10, there's something like three and seven or something, right? Like really At bad. best. Yeah. They yeah. won. Uh, they beat Louisville this year. Cause Louisville was horrendous. Yeah. They beat one other game? bad team. Uh, this, yeah. Something like three and seven. We and haven't won two games in the, the in the tournament. Is that true? We haven't won two games in a year in the tournament. Like, That's right. It's crazy. Yep. I think they have the worst record in the big 10 tournament <clears throat> of any big 10 team. Since they joined, yeah, I think even Rutgers had a had a little run there once, and 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 won like you know three games in a weekend, and that that kind of they went to the semis the first two years under Turgeon, and then they lost in the first round. I think four years in a row, including that that just horrific loss to Nebraska when they had like their janitor playing center because there was like. <laughs> Injuries. I don't remember what. Remember, they were already a bad team, and they missed. They had like six scholarship players. Yeah, they had like like one extra scholarship player on the bench. That's right, my my worst loss was the uh, Northwestern one at at uh, in DC. Yep. In the first round, I had like tickets for the whole weekend. I was like, "This is going to be awesome!" And the whole the the place was packed. All all Maryland fans, and like they they lost the Northwestern by like. And Julie Louis Dreyfus was in the stadium. Yeah, yeah. Many Maryland fans have pointed that loss out to me as the one that they were out on Turgeon after that. Like that is it, it was hard to stick the, with them. Yes, yeah, the that's, most common one that people say all the time is that's when I was done after that. And I, I was at I was at the DC ACC tournament back in 2004 when all Maryland needed to do was not lose to Clemson for the third time that season. They probably snuck into the tournament. And they proceeded to not do that. And then 
<laughs> we, I remember it because it was a Thursday and it was the first game. We lose that game. Maryland had set up a, the, the Terram club had set up a uh, pep rally for Thursday night, right? In DC, assuming of course we would beat Clemson at noon on, on Thursday. Um, so they end up having this pep rally there. Nobody's there. It's just giant hotel ballroom packed full of stuff. The band's there. Johnny's there. The whole thing. Me and my buddy who had spent the past six hours at Fado getting absolutely tanked after that game, stumble <laughs> over there and just start smushing free food in our faces and, you know, blabbing to Johnny about something and whatever. It was, it was the most embarrassing thing I've ever seen in my life. And I haven't been back. To, I haven't been to a conference tournament since. Yeah, I haven't been that Nebraska game was the last game I'll I probably I'll ever attend. Like I, I I just don't want to put myself in that position again. Just the worst juju whatsoever. I can't can't even <laughs> cannot even. Never been to an ACC tournament game though. I did have an awful game when I got in a fight with the with the Duke fan that I told you guys about many times. <laughs> just tell him to sit the H down. Yeah, yeah you dropped the H bomb on him. <laughs> It wasn't even hell, it was heck. Yeah, sit sit the H down. Larry against a Duke fan. I got Larry 10 times out of 10. I <laughs> listen, when I was younger, I'm old and fat now, but when You're I was a bit of a hothead, man. Yeah. I had I had some rage issues. <laughs> like when, when I drove, I used to deliver pizzas for Lido Pizza, not the one in College Park. And uh I would deliver pizzas. This is when I was a musician and I was doing that like during the days as my day job. And I would get so mad when I drove. If someone cut me off, I would miss my delivery to drive past them and make sure I would cut them back <laughs> off. And I'd be like fuming, like, like in the, and then my dad's like, what are you doing? You know, someday you're going to run into some kind of crazy person. I'm like, dad, I'm the crazy person. <laughs> I'm like, I'm the one they don't want to run into. You don't understand. Like, anyway, over time, you know what cured me of that? This is very serious. Poker. Because I would play poker and I would get so livid, pissed when I would lose. And it would just make me go on these benders. Going on tilt is the poker term. And, it, and I had to train myself out of it. And, and, it's, and it's carried over into my real life. So actually, it helped me to like, get that out of my system and i still have it occasionally but nothing cure, like that. cure cure your rage by losing thousands of dollars in online poker <laughs> it wasn't even, that's, that's the funny that's, thing. that's the larry that's the larry system it wasn't even thousands of dollars <laughs> i started playing on poker stars and i would dump 50 bucks in and i'd play like dollar poker uh and i i'd lose it and i get pissed one time i got so mad i wrote to Poker star support and said, I demand you give me my money back because your site is clearly rigged. There's no possible way I lost all those hands. I was so bad. Like rage typing. And I, I deposit three times. I did that. The fourth time I deposited and I never had a deposit again. There, never I have I been more certain that you're a Maryland fan than after that story. You're like an angry fan. I love it. I, I was now. I'm, now I'm way less. Although our last episode, I, I got a Larry little, was Larry's fucking pissed. In the I last got a little heated. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was it was a throwback. Yeah, yeah. All right, boys, we're sitting on like an hour and a half. We should probably let these people go back to their lives. Yeah. Well, a lot of people are watching. They're enjoying it, I guess. Yeah. So, yeah, everybody, please give please us a subscribe. like. Subscribe. 
please, please subscribe. It costs gonna... you nothing to hit the button. I'm the the best site out there for Maryland sports. I love it. I'm on it Thank every you, single day. Hey, let me ask you this, John. If every time Maryland wins a tournament game, we're going to do a post-game show live. You come with us. How about that? Oh, yeah, 100%. Done. All right. Yeah. So Thursday. I might have a couple of alums with me over the corner, like uh, on, on Thursday, you know. With, no uh, problem. Oh, that's I already fine. have the plans for that. Th- a party. Thursday, 2.30-ish is the first one. <laughs> we'll figure out the time for Saturday after that since you're so confident they're going to beat Alabama, too. Oh, so. totally. Totally. It's, it's right. done. I like I, I, I by the way, I, Willard has them going. We're playing better on the road. It's going to essentially be a road game. And they, they've yeah. been, even though they've been losing, they've been playing uh, better. And, yeah. and, and Alabama then, has a bunch of, uh, of off-court issues that they have to deal with. So I, I feel good. And All that's right. the thing, like like being superstitious. Like if they do win on Thursday, everybody has to do the exact same fucking thing they did on Thursday on Saturday. So, like, make sure your buddies know that if they're coming over. Like, my Gonzaga uh, shirt will be on again. Uh, God damn it. Whatever. If that's what we have to do to, to win this game. Yeah. I'll, I'll make the sacrifice. All right. Good. Thanks, Paul. I'll just turn off your video. If, <laughs> if, if, if they beat West Virginia, we're going to go live probably be around 2.30 on Thursday. We're going to do that for every time they win. And I'm not getting on again after that. No, there's, we're not doing the post-loss post post, game, post loss thing. We've yeah. learned our lesson. If they win, you guys, please join us. So please click the subscribe. And if you hit that bell, you get the notification when we go live so you guys can join us. Celebrate with us live with our good buddy, John Orand, who is from the, the Sports Journal. And what it's called the Marshand and Orand Sports Media Podcast, correct? Every Wednesday, yeah. Yeah, download and subscribe. Yes, listen to John Orand. He is at Orand underscore SBJ on Twitter. Give him a follow. Thank you guys for joining us tonight. Thank you, John, for jumping in. That was a lot of fun. We're going to see everybody on Thursday at 2.30. This is IMS Radio.